Hello, I'm Joel Nelson, and this is the Joel vs. Arthritis podcast. World Young Rheumatic Diseases Day, or Word Day, is an annual event that takes place on the 18th of March to raise awareness that children and young people get rheumatic diseases too. On Saturday the 19th of March I hosted an 8 hour charity stream over on my Twitch channel uh, twitch.tv forward slash Joel versus Arthritis. In this first episode of a three part special you will hear three interviews that were recorded live on the day from patient advocates and volunteers in the arthritis community. I hope you enjoy the conversations and the insight as much as I did. First of all for anyone that doesn't know you do you want to just quickly introduce yourself and sort of tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, my name is Ali and um, I joined the online community and met Joel through, I think it was Facebook first. I started, um, sorry, I've got a cold. Oh, you're fine. Um, I started my blog under young skin, um, just talking about my rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis and um, how that was affecting me. And I started it mainly because I couldn't I felt like I couldn't speak to my family and my friends so I thought I'll write it down and then someone said to me oh why don't you put it on a blog so I was like okay so that's where it began um so yeah I got the rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis in 2017 but previous to that I um was diagnosed with juvenile idiopathic arthritis in I think it was 2011 I blocked out a lot of the memories um yeah, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's a good thing so um so yeah and that all stemmed from first of all having glandular fever then I went on a skiing trip tore my um one of the ligaments in my knees and then um it just kept swelling up for like two years and then um so we we're like what's going on and then they eventually said at Harrogate Hospital that it was juvenile idiopathic arthritis, but then didn't do anything with me and just discharged me. Um, so I never really thought about it. Again, I just always just assumed oh, I have a bad knee and that was it until it all came back up in 2017 and has been just getting more and more ever since. Yeah, and you often find, I hear that story a lot about people have a sort of trigger event whether that's yeah. an infection or getting the flu or something like yourself getting an injury and I don't like I say I'm not medically trained and, and I should probably point that out so I won't be answering any medical questions <laughs> today um but that that there, there definitely seems to be a trend there where there seems to be that trigger event which starts your your immune system off into this sort of cycle that just um, yeah. is in the case of getting it controlled again um I suppose just going back to the writing, because like you say, that is how we first came across it. It was probably a couple of years ago now. But um, anyone that hasn't checked out Ali's Under Young Skin blog, go have a look, because she's a really talented writer. And she's a bit like me. She probably doesn't sell it enough for us. Um, <laughs> you know, but there's some really interesting stories on there. So, um, so yeah, please um, go check that out. And um, what made you, I suppose, make that jump from you know, dealing with this thing where it sounds like you probably weren't getting the best of support at first to to actually sharing your story and talking about it? Um, so, I mean, I was lucky to start with when I first got diagnosed. I um, was put straight on medication, like, really quickly. And then um, I was absolutely fine for a good year or so. Um, 
and then it just like medication kind of stopped working and that kind of thing um and it was actually I think it was two years ago to the day when I actually first started my under young skin vlog just thinking about it now um and I just yeah it was just I couldn't talk to anyone about it like friends or family um and I just I felt like I didn't want to keep talking about it to them um so someone mentioned about a Facebook group so I went on there and I was like oh I'll share my story um and then it was kind of like a longer piece of writing than just what you can put onto a Facebook group so someone suggested um oh have you looked at any of the blogs or do you want to start your own blog so I did Oh, well, fair play to you. And I, I don't know if it's maybe easier when you've got a shorter time gap. Because I think for me, it felt like an absolute mountain because I just left it for so long and buried mm. it for so long. So yeah. I suppose that would probably be the thing I'd say for anyone listening to this, either live or back, that, um, you know, I think the sooner you start probably exploring those options of how you, because it is like a therapy, isn't it? I'm, I'm assuming you find it the same with your writing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a way of processing it. It's a way of getting it out to the world and, and, it's the same reason as when we complain about, I think, our pain and things. We're not doing it because we want anything. We're doing yeah. it because you just need it out. You know? Yeah. So, so I suppose, yeah, anyone listening to this, I'd say that, you know, find find your um, sort of way of processing it. Uh, you know, for us, that's obviously right, but there's lots of other ways you can do that. Um, yeah, I did a podcast the other day. Well, recorded it um, for, like, our local auction map. Um and they just wanted to know about like dealing with chronic illness and farming and that kind of thing. Um, and they said, like, give your best advice. And I definitely said, just find find people, just talk about it. And you don't always want to talk about it with friends and family, and that's okay. Um, so, I mean, like the online community has absolutely saved me. Um, yeah. And I think it's probably no coincidence that you started writing at the same time that everything sort of blew up on Instagram around that chronic um, yeah. sort of community. I think, you know, a lot of people turned to things like Twitch or started doing new hobbies. But for us, it definitely yeah. was that. We kind of all sort of gravitated to the same place, didn't we? And Yeah, and, and yeah it was a just a coincidence that it started, like, just in lockdown, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. I think you started a bit before didn't you a few months yeah before. so I was doing it in 2019 and it was a very lonely place <laughs> when I started it was more towards the back end of 2019 but yeah, it just blew up in 2020 didn't it and yeah but it's good now that there is that that outlet for people um to find and like I say I started this stream by saying like it's if it just makes one person feel less alone I think that is kind of the joy of it oh absolutely yeah people sharing that story yeah um, if you don't mind me asking, you've you've got quite a busy um, life outside of Instagram and writing and everything with, with farm life and and, yeah. and career and everything. What's the sort of impact of your arthritis that has been on that? I don't know if maybe you want to give people a bit of context. Um, you know, um, home yeah, life. so I grew up on a farm and now live with my boyfriend on his dairy and sheep farm. Um, I mean he's in the next room so he'll he'll know what I'm saying of how much I help so I'll have to tell the truth um I don't I don't help out that much or as much as I used to actually um and part of that is because I can't and because now I've like come to accept that there's no point doing something that's going to make me worse um 
so but that's been quite hard to accept that and just kind of pull myself back um when I know that I could have done it beforehand um and then also I have just started a job as a physiotherapist at Harrogate District Hospital um started that in December and um I'm not going to lie I'm actually struggling with that quite a bit at the moment I've just had to have a occupational health meeting um just to discuss options about like working hours and that kind of thing <coughs> excuse me no, no, um, it, is, it is tough isn't it as well yeah because, um, did you start training for that to have address before your was it the same sort of times your diagnosis or was that a decision afterwards no what sorry um so your chosen sort of career path was that a decision in what happened after your diagnosis or so I suppose um, like, you know what I mean what you what you yeah. hoped and dreamed of is kind of what I'm getting at yeah well it was probably after the juvenile one yeah um so before the rheumatoid diagnosis um because it, originally I wanted to do animal physio um but then after having so much physio after having the juvenile arthritis diagnosis um I kind of thought oh what about doing it on humans um so that's kind of where a lot of it stemmed from um and then I was I did I didn't get in to the physio undergrad so they offered me psychology so I did that for three years up at Teesside and then I got my diagnosis of rheumatoid in my third year and then after that I went straight on to do the master's in physio at York um so but I think the industry that I'm in like working as a physio working with physios they understand the condition a lot better than other professions would um so I think I mean I count myself pretty lucky of how people are around me yeah that must be really tough with that additional sort of diagnosable change because I think people don't realize that you, you get a label but it can change a lot you know like my yeah. experience was JIA then there was a period where it was ankylosing spondylitis then it was back to JIA and then it was psoriatic associated JIA and trying to explain to people oh if I was an adult it would be psoriatic arthritis but I got it onset early yeah um, and, and because that sort of goalposts move a little bit I think sometimes that doesn't help our feeling of um sort of like you can feel like a fraud sometimes can't you with an invisible illness that you know yeah. that, that because people can't see pain um and and it's not like we're sort of all got massively obvious mobility issues a lot of the time we sort of we work with it so that must be really hard for you getting that ra diagnosis right at the end of your um university course as well for sort of yeah. plans and everything i mean yeah it was a well it was a shock and then it wasn't a shock at the same time because of the stuff beforehand and it was harder knowing that I should have been kept on and been like checked up on of having that GIA diagnosis um, and like learning that in uni doing physio, um, knowing that obviously it can then lead up to other types of arthritis, that kind of thing. Um, so that was that was quite hard learning about that. And then, then that's why I said routine checks are so important. And unfortunately, a lot of us, I think, do flip through the net. So I had my first like proper remission at 18, mm. went to uni and kind of reinvented myself. And and then when it come back in my mid-20s, it was like, oh, um, who do I go to? You know, it's, it's, it's crazy that then even just like a yearly appointment would have been valuable. Yeah. Um, but I kind of went to two in a row no symptoms, no issues. And then I was sort of discharged. And I can't help but feel that with JAA, 
you can't afford for it to be discharged because trying to get no. back in and get that support. And also I was, sounds like you did similar. Um, I was putting things down to other things that were my arthritis. I just didn't know the signs that a flare was sort of coming back then. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's just such then that delay, isn't it? It's like trying to turn a big ship, <laughs> you know, you're trying to get the support in place and it takes so much longer than when you're already in, in the system. So I'm sorry you had that experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was a massive point that, Obviously, you can go through periods of being asymptomatic and then for them to then discharge you with this type of illness, it's, it's just not right, is it? No. And I, no. I feel as a health professional, um, I hope that I wouldn't do that. And I think having this diagnosis has helped me with my patients as well, um, which is nice. And I think the bit that scares me is that this was a problem like for us five, 10 years before pandemic world. And mm. now it's just happening even more, you know, like I've just been seen for the first time in nearly over two years. Um, so yeah, I really feel we, we'd done a podcast um, for anyone to listen to this sort of as, as a podcast, we'd done one, the last episode had um, Safia on it um, and she just didn't, you know, she got diagnosed in the middle of the, right at the start of the pandemic and just, didn't have any of these sort of routine care you would expect mm. and um yeah that 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 sort of thing keeps me up at night because um you know we were having those experiences before everything changed so um yes yeah, it's, it's a challenge um and just going back to what you said about you know you can't help as much on the farm and everything that it is sort of I think people don't appreciate that feeling of it's like grief isn't it and and being a burden and, and the burden on the family unit is did you want to talk a little bit about you know what them emotions um yeah I think I mean I was saying to the occupational health um doctor at work the other day that in a way it's easier because on the farm you can take things at your own pace you don't have to be there in set hours like it's the full 24 hours um so it was possibly like more manageable I know that it's a lot more manual work but you sort of modify it um and I think I think the hardest bit was accepting it at the start and saying to myself oh I need to do this different to everyone else I can't just pretend um I'm how I was before or how everyone else is doing it um so that is quite hard and as you say it is like a grief feel feeling no, it's like that. I don't think people understand that sort of. You feel like you're living multiple versions of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you you find yourself referring to those like chapters. So like, I was the rugby Joel and the the music plan Joel and the X Y and Z Joel. And now I'm like yeah. the immobile dad Joel. <laughs> yeah. And I think and people don't realise how that that weighs on your mind and the mental health impact of that and how it affects like relationships and everything. Because I know everybody goes through periods of change through their life but I feel like with with something like JIA it's so much more highlighted isn't it because the goalposts keep moving yeah absolutely and I remember at um school um like having to miss out some of like the PE lessons but then like the next week being absolutely fine and I just remember feeling like you said before like a fraud or it's, it's more just the judgment of other people because they'll just think, oh, you were faking it last time. Um, and I've, I mean, like I said, at work um, with my colleagues, obviously they understand that it's very variable. 
um, so that's okay. But with like the general population, I think that is one of the hardest things. Yeah, it is. I, I feel like we're making progress. We're gradually chipping away. But I think the important thing as well for anyone listening to this, the sort of newly diagnosed or a little bit earlier on in that um, diagnosis as well, I think sometimes those closest to you can feel like the, the biggest enemy. <laughs> I'm try, if I try and explain it a bit better, it's like there's a lot of emotion and, and stuff as well in family and loved ones and everything else. And I definitely went for a period where I, where my arthritis got worse and you, you close off to those that you really need to be talking to the most because, yeah. you know, there's a bit of pain, isn't it? And it isn't, it's not because those people don't understand. Like my family used to me having arthritis my whole life, but they're grieving too. So when I go back into a flare and I suddenly can't go out for the day riding a motorbike or participate in that event or whatever it might be, when they're upset and angry, it's not aimed at you. They're, I think they're grieving as well, aren't they? And, and sometimes that gets lost in the, um, you know, we can sometimes take that sort of quote, personally but is sometimes that is just a, a a normal emotional response isn't it yeah absolutely yeah um yeah and like with my mum I don't always tell her like how bad it is um because I know that she's gonna feel that I mean like mentally just as much as I am um but I think it's um, like I had a flare up last um, weekend, had to get sent home from work. And then she just kept me at her house because she was like, I just want to see you. And I didn't have my car because I couldn't drive home from work. Um, so I was literally like just kept there. Um, but I mean, it's it's nice to know that you have the support. But at the same time, you want to be independent and you want to be have that feeling of... Um, I don't know, being able to do what you want to do, that kind yeah. of thing. And the other thing I often say to people is like, you know, you you telling me how disappointed you are that I've had to cancel or whatever doesn't actually make me feel any better about it. It makes you feel worse. And, yeah. and I think sometimes you need to have those sort of calm conversations and 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 trying to explain. And another thing I sort of would recommend if anyone's listening to this who's maybe going through that earlier stage and trying to find a balance about how do you communicate the constant changing of the disease with with loved ones and that. Um, I always say to people, don't try and offer a solution because it's kind of human nature. You know, every yeah. every manager I've ever had, every um, relationship I've ever been in, everyone always feels like they've got to say something, and that's where you get the whole you know, the very meme thing of, um, <laughs> yeah. have you tried yoga or have you taken this oil or have you had cod liver? Yeah. yeah all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What, so what I often say to people is just ask me what I need. Don't, yeah. don't it's suggest like something. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, cause you know, same as your mum, like that's probably, um, you know, just being seen probably helped massively. Whereas mm. sometimes I think when people feel like they've got a rough the first thing that springs to mind could actually be a little bit offensive and they don't, they don't mean it. I don't know that they're, they're doing it. They're just trying to fill the, awkward gap <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um okay that's brilliant thank you um i want to talk a little bit about what you're doing we, we touched on instagram and you're writing everything i want to talk a little bit about what you're doing with, uh, with chronically connected because um yeah i don't again i don't think you probably give yourself enough credit for creating that community do you want <laughs> sort of for anyone that's not aware you know tell tell us what it is where they can find it and, and what you're trying to sort of achieve with it yeah, so I um, created Chronically Connected, um, I think it was last summer now. Um, so with talking with yourself and um, some other um, people online, 
we kind of felt like that there was nowhere where everyone could kind of share their stories in a communal place. Um, because say like on the, you know, the autoimmune group that you do on Facebook, um, and it was just unfair for me to share something because everyone would want to share it on there. Um, and I mean, that group is kind of more of like a helping group, isn't it? And kind yes, of discussing ideas and yeah. Um, so I thought, I just thought to myself, why isn't there a place where we can all share our stories together? Um, so that's why I created Chronically Connected. And it was my cousin and my sister that helped me um, with the name of it and just kind of let's start it up. Um, and so the idea is just to create a platform for everyone with any chronic illness. Um, I mean, literally, we've got so many variations. I can't, I don't even know. Um, I can't even remember all of them, to be honest. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the group's just building and growing uh, massively. And I never expected it to be this big, to be honest. But yeah, I just hope that it's the people know that it's a space where they can like um, send their story in and either come on the Instagram account and like take us through a day in their life, that kind of thing. And a key bit, you should probably tell people where they can find that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on Instagram, it is at chronically connected 21. Um, on Facebook, just search chronically connected. And then the website is chronically-connected.com. Um, and yeah, there's there's just different spaces to share things. Um, the thing is that I'm trying to do at the moment, there's like quite a lot of um, people that aren't online that I want to kind of include. And I'm just not quite sure how to do that at the moment. So if anyone has any ideas, let me know. <laughs> What, what I would say on that one is like there was a couple of points I just want to add. It's like one, I think we have to, those of us that are confident in doing it and sharing it and doing things like today, we kind of have to make it as accessible as possible, which is again why I'm sitting here on Twitch and we're having this conversation because it's so far out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I feel like a very old man on this platform, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, there's an opportunity there to reach totally different group of people that we wouldn't maybe reach on Instagram or Facebook so I think that that's one way and then I, I think um the other point I just wanted to add is if I hope you don't mind me sharing it but like you were like really sweet when you set that up sent me a message saying do you mind if I set this up I was like <laughs> absolutely not because I think that's the other thing as well like like all social media there are corners of it that are very clicky yeah. Um, you know, and I've experienced that myself. I literally on a weekly basis will get people saying, why don't you follow me back? Or they'll follow me for 24 hours, unfollow me. And I'll do that every other week. And you see oh, the same names yeah. coming back. And and I, you know, I have this sort of policy where I'm like, I have to get to know you, protect my yeah. mental health, know that your content is safe. And then once we've talked a bit, trust me, I will support you and follow you and back you and everything else. Um, so I think there are areas that are quite clicky, but what I would say is nobody owns any of this. You know, it's not nobody's <laughs> put a stake in the ground and said, this is my patch sort of thing. Um, so when you've got these ideas like Ali has had with, with Chronically Connected, don't look for verification or assurance. Just do it, you know, because somebody, even if that's just you're talking to one person and that lands, 
that's all yeah. that matters um so yeah i would i just want to get that in there because yeah i'm sure you've had it as well but yeah it, social media certain elements of it can be a little bit you know clicky and 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 it shouldn't be it's it, it should be accessible to everyone so um so if you've got an idea like ali's had go for it and and tag me and i'll share it and, and i'm sure ali would as well and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll fully embrace it absolutely um, so yeah thank thank you for sharing all that ali is there um i suppose i ask this one a lot and i was just a little unconscious sometimes put people on the spot but if you if there was one thing you wish you knew when you'd got diagnosed either with the jia or, or the ra element of it that you know someone out there listening would you think would benefit from sort of knowing what would that sort of thing be um i think it's more just about like protecting yourself like um like you say that um, interacting with like people online is a therapy for us, um, and just just sort of not um, not caring about what other people say. Like I said before about other people's judgments, because it's so variable. And I find the hardest bit is you badly one day, the next day you're absolutely fine. Like I've woken up this morning low pain and I mean I've still got a bit of swelling in my knee but I feel so much better and part of me feels like a fraud because obviously I'm not at work today and I've been so badly and had a few days off work this week um but that's just the condition and nothing can change that um and then also just bits of advice if you're newly diagnosed is um to get the most out of like your medical appointments and you have to fight for yourself um, and ask those questions, like really like, get as much out of it as you can. Um, and I know from being on the other side of it, as a physio, you don't always know what the patient is thinking or what kind of questions they have. So you don't always like go at length to tell people about something. And a lot of the time, the patient knows a lot more about the condition than you would. So you don't want to be patronising. So if you have a question, ask it. Don't be afraid. Yeah, no, I think that's that's absolutely solid advice. That um, and 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 that yeah, don't undervalue the patient experience bit, as yeah. Ali said there. Because when I first started doing this, I really did feel like a tick box exercise. So like, I know I do a little bit more than what like beyond the social media but like focus groups and talking at events and things like that and it took me a long while to put a value on that and because so so many times I was like this afterthought or we better get a patient involved and you could you could tell the first time the first three or four sentences of the conversation you kind of got that oh, okay I'm an afterthought here. Yeah. And, and thankfully that is changing but I think that 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 tide of change is fueled by all of us you know by saying that my experience matters and I fully yeah. appreciate a medical you know your training and experience blah 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 but there is a value in, in your experience and 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 we're not all the same Ali's experience is probably totally different to my experience there yeah. is obviously crossover but it's important for you guys to remember and I think that is the other thing on the social media subject guys um sometimes you can only see the best life <laughs> anyone that follows me knows that's probably too much the other way but I think it's important to appreciate the reality of living with it so just because you can see somebody doing marathons with their arthritis it doesn't mean you're failing 
everybody's yeah. bar is different and it changes multiple times through the year as anyone with these conditions will know won't they yeah yeah I felt like that a lot recently um just with like a decline in how I'm doing and seeing other people like doing whatever but you just gotta take yourself back to it everyone's different and I mean it's different from day to day or even hour to hour yourself so you can never compare yourself to anyone else yeah that hour to hour is true like some mornings I wake up and I'm literally like a plank of wood and I can't move yeah and then by 11 o'clock people see I think well what was wrong you know and then that, <laughs> yeah. you know you'll be late into work because it took you so long to get going and then people judge you on they judge you on what they see they don't judge yeah. you on all the stuff that goes on behind closed doors that's a really good point yeah um if that's okay we have just got a quick question um if you don't mind answering it. and, and if yeah. anyone else got any questions who are watching this live then please feel free um so Renoa's asked um how do you deal with periodically receiving a different diagnosis than the one you got originally so that'll be the the JIA and then the RA element so how did that make you feel about that changing I suppose um I suppose because I wasn't kept um, under review or whatever um, from the JA um, up until the rheumatoid, I didn't really think of it. I thought I was just a healthy individual again. Um, I mean, all my time at uni before I was diagnosed with the RA, I had problems with my knees, but I just thought, oh, that's, that's normal. Um, and I just have a dodgy knee, like that's just that. Um, and put it down to not getting my strength back up after my injury. Um, I mean, so for me, it it made sense and made things go into place um, a bit easier. So, I mean, that's probably not a typical um, patient's view, really. And no, no, I say, going back to exactly what we were just saying, it's... Um... Is, it was your experience and that's all that matters isn't it so yeah. um, you know so it's not it's, it's equally valid as somebody yeah. else's yeah it was probably more of like an answer of why things are happening like I mean don't get me wrong it's not the answer that I wanted but <laughs> um but yeah and I, I can um I can relate a little bit to that that question as well in that like because I my psoriasis didn't actually get diagnosed until I was in my sort of mid-20s but I'd had psoriasis since I was a teenager. But whenever I asked anyone, it either got misdiagnosed or I kind of didn't want to know the answer. There was definitely an yeah. element of that. There was definitely a bit of me that knew. And and sometimes, even though that can be terrifying, that 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 confirmation, it did feel like a weight off my shoulders as well. Because yeah. it's kind of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Even though yeah. I probably knew it, but it does um it does help. And and I think the other bit to mention that is a lot of people put a lot pin a lot on diagnosis and I know it matters like literally I get messages every week mm. um from people saying I think it's this and blah, blah. but what I would say is obviously yeah that that mentioned them, them them sort of um thoughts you've got to your doctor yeah. but also try and leave enough of a blank page so that it's it's guided by the medic professional as well so share your experiences share when it gets worse what the triggers might be when you think there's yeah. something you know contributing to it um but i i do see quite a lot where um you know sort of like something that's been googled or whatever has maybe added an extra year onto the yeah. diagnosis because of that so i know it's really frustrating and we all want trust me we've all been there none of us got a diagnosis overnight 
Um, but have a conversation on what, what your thoughts are and the experiences, but also try and leave some room there for the, the void to be filled. And then hopefully you get to the answer a little bit quicker between between all parties. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, unless we've got any more questions, guys, um, I'm conscious of your time because it's a Saturday. <laughs> and I, know you, I know you're off out, so I really appreciate you joining us. Um, is there, yeah. Do you want to plug anything? Is there anywhere people can find you if, if, um, if any, anything resonates and they want to follow you somewhere? Um, yeah, so you've got my Chronically Connected one. So that's at Chronically Connected 21. And then on Instagram, I'm at Ali Dagger. So A-L-I-D-A-G-G-E-T-T. Um, and or just ask Joel any point he'll send you my way yeah <laughs> um, I'm very good at yes. signposting these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah I mean I, I post quite a lot so I'll probably pop up somewhere brilliant thank yeah. you ever so much for taking time out your Saturday Ali to, right. um, to join us and have this conversation be part of this event um for JR Project and Word Day yeah, no, thank you for doing um, this it's good of you to to take your time out to do it like I say the, the stories really do make a difference, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure it was me hearing other people's stories that eventually sort of cursed me out to being more vocal and everything. So, um, yeah, know, oh, know that absolutely. somewhere out there you are helping lots and lots of people. You know, I talk about the one person thing a lot, but that's definitely not the case with you. You are, you are reaching many. <laughs> so, um, thank you for everything that you're doing and for joining us. You can find more amazing podcast episodes over on our Twitch channel, that's twitch.tv forward slash Joel versus Arthritis, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. If you would like to support the Word Day charity stream that we were running, from which this recording was taken, um, you can um, donate on justgiving.com forward slash Joel hyphen Nelson, and the address will be in the show notes for this episode. Um, until next time, thank you ever so much for listening. Thank you.